Welcome to day five, our last day of looking through Matthew chapter 26. We're going to look at one of the most familiar stories from the night before Jesus died. Uh, Most everybody knows that Peter, uh, the leader of the disciples, denied Jesus on this night. And this story really begins, we held in reserve beginning back in verse 31 to 35. It begins back in the upper room when Jesus tells them that some are going to deny him. Listen to what happens in verse 31. Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Never, Jesus says. Peter's faith had been growing and growing and growing. It had begun to take on these titanic proportions, unsinkable, unshakable. But the titanic here hits an iceberg. And real, genuine faith faces the truth about icebergs. There's going to be some things that happen in your life and my life that shake our faith to the core that, like Peter, make us want to deny the very one who saved you. I would never do that, we say to ourselves. I would never commit that sin. I would never think that way. I would never get involved in that. I would never say that, or I would never have to face that. God would never ask me to face that. What do you do when never becomes a part of your life? Where do you turn? Well, look what happened with Peter down in verse 69, the last verses of this chapter. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them for your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses on himself and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately, a rooster crowed. And then Peter remembered the words Jesus has spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. So Peter, the leader of the disciples, Peter who's gonna be one of the leaders of the early church after he goes through this experience, He denies Jesus. The man who walked on water denies Jesus. The fisher of men denies Jesus. And he's going to have to live with this the rest of his life. Jesus told him, when you deny me that third time, the rooster's going to crow. The rest of his life, Peter's going to have to live with the fact that he denied Christ. Every time, every morning, he's going to hear a rooster crow. Every morning, there's an opportunity to remember, yes, I denied Christ. So how's he going to live with it? You see, you can try to live in denial about your denial, but Peter couldn't do that. He was going to be faced with it every day. The question is, how is he going to live with it? The struggles that you've had in your life, the times when you've sinned when you said you would never sin, the things that you've said that you wish you could take back but you can't take back, the times that you have fallen away and not been a part of the church and missed out on what God wanted to be doing in your life. How are you going to live with that the rest of your life? You could live in denial about it. 
You could live the rest of your life trying to make up for it on your own power and strength. That's a guilt-motivated life. You might look good on the outside, but you're going to cave in on the inside every single day. As you look through this experience of Peter, you learn some things about denial. A denial of Christ through our sin, a denial of Christ through our words, a denial of Christ through our inaction. You learn that denial has a source. Satan is the source. He's tempting us to deny the power of Christ in our lives. You learn that denial has a pattern. Notice he denies him three times, and you probably saw how it strengthened every time. First he says, I I don't understand what you're talking about. But then all of a sudden he's saying, I don't know the man, and calling down curses on everybody. So it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. But just like there's this pattern, there's a process to the denial where you, you, you begin in your mind and then it begins with a few words and then it gets stronger in your life. There's also a process of restoration. I want you to know that you can fail without allowing your faith to ultimately fail. You can fail without allowing your faith to fail. God knows that that failure was gonna happen in your life. Just like he knew that this failure was gonna happen in the life of Peter. And he intended from the very beginning all the way through to restore him. Now here we see one of the things that has to happen in order for us to be restored. Peter went outside and he wept bitterly. As you look at the other gospels and this gospel, in the life of Peter, you see four things happen that help him to be restored to help him to go through this failure without his faith failing. First thing that happens, Luke tells us this in chapter 22, is that he looks into the eyes of Jesus. As he denied him the third time, Luke lets us in on the fact that he caught the eye of Jesus in, in where the trial was. That's where you start. You don't look at the failure. You don't look at what other people might think about the failure. You don't look in the mirror. You look at Jesus. Get your eyes focused on Jesus because you know what you're gonna see reflected in his eye? Love, not condemnation. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to love. So first, you look and you see the love that's in his eyes. But then the second thing you do is what we see so clearly outlined here. You weep. You weep. Peter went outside. He wept bitterly. Often that can be the first sign of healing, is this weeping. No excuses, no misplaced anger, no false front. Just this moment of tears, this moment of sorrow, this moment of being honest about the loss, of letting go of your denial about the denial. And when you let go of that, when you're honest about that, honest tears can flow. But you don't stop there. You don't stop with the tears and you think, well, God's never gonna be able to use me again. He loves me, but he will never be able to use me. No, Jesus told Peter, when when you have denied me, He told him in advance, you're going to turn back. When you turn back, strengthen your brothers. You're going to turn back and strengthen others. So the next thing you do, the third thing you do is you turn back. You weep, but you don't turn away. You turn back. You don't let your weeping make you think that somehow God won't accept you anymore. Of course he accepts you. He knew the failure was going to happen when he chose you. He knew Peter's failure was going to happen when he chose him. He still chose him. He still chose you. So you turn back back. And then strengthen your brothers, strengthen the other disciples. You find a ministry, you, you, you serve. The failure causes you to feel like, or Satan's temptation is that you will feel like, I don't have any way to serve anymore. But the truth of the matter is, serving is one of the ways we find healing from our failures. 
And by the way, many times he will call you to serve him even at the point of that failure. Maybe your failure is getting caught up in an addiction before you were a Christian or even after you became a follower of Jesus. So you turn back and you get involved in Celebrate Recovery. And in that Celebrate Recovery, first you find healing, but then you serve others. Serving others is part of your healing. It's part of your healing. Don't buy the lie that Satan tells you you can't serve anymore. Many times you will be serving him even at the point of your failure because there's other people who have failed in the same way and they need the hope that only you can share with them. Now, the four things that Peter did to be restored, the first is here, he wept. And maybe you're at a point where you need to to share honest tears with Jesus. I've betrayed you, Jesus. I've said I would never commit that sin again, but I, I committed that sin again. I'll never miss that kind of opportunity again, but I just missed it again. I'll never say those kinds of things again, but I just said them again. I'll never ignore you again, but I've just been through this period where I've just, I've been to church, I haven't opened your word. In prayer, in these next few moments, let's just begin with a moment of honesty. And in honest prayer, just say, Jesus, I know that you know me. And my heart of hearts is that that would not have happened. That sin, those words, that failure, that denial. You know my heart. I did not want that to happen, but it did happen. And so I begin just by sharing my regret with you. I want to return to you. I want to serve you. But the starting place is I just let you know, Jesus, how my heart is hurt by the way that I know I have denied you. And my heart is lifted by the way that I know you love me even through that. In your name, I praise you for that kind of love. In your name, I pray. Amen. Well, this love that we just talked about, next week, we're going to take a close look at it, a magnified look at it. We're going to see the love of Jesus on full display as he gives his life for us on the cross. 